0: Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director.
1: Shalom, everyone. Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program. Today, I'm really excited because we're going to be looking at what I must say is probably my favorite Book of the Five. I know it's impossible to choose, and every year I might pick a new favorite, Bobby, but (laughs) I really love the book of Deuteronomy. And uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Deuteronomy, talking about some introductory material about the book of Deuteronomy, and then we're going to hit a few highlights. And so with me today is my good friend and colleague, Bobby Walter, who leads the work of Chosen People Ministries in Jerusalem West. Uh, the borough of Brooklyn in New York City, home to almost a million Jewish people. And Bobby, you have the joy and the privilege and responsibility to find ways to reach them all for Jesus. So welcome,
2: Bobby. Yes, thank you, Mitch. Uh, Shalom to you and shalom to uh, everyone who's listening. Uh, we're, We're really happy and glad that you're joining us now. And uh, Mitch, like you, I also love Deuteronomy. And just to kind of remind everyone who's listening, uh, the reason that we're doing this is because we're following what is called the Parsha or the portion. So in synagogues in the Jewish community around the world, every year in one year, the entire synagogue will be on the same page, going through the first five books of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And uh, here we are, we're starting this uh, fifth and final book. And uh, over the next number of weeks, we will go through different sections of Deuteronomy. And Mitch, I just wanna say real quick, I also love Deuteronomy. And one of the reasons I love it is because Deuteronomy is one of the three books from the Old Testament that is the most quoted in the New Testament. So, you've got the Psalms, Isaiah, and Deuteronomy. When you have the Old Testament being quoted in the New Testament, more often than not, it's going to be from one of those three books.
1: You know, Bobby, that reminds me of something the great Old Testament theologian, Dr. Walter Kaiser, said once. He said you know, I really do like the New Testament. And everybody just kind of looks at him and he smiles and he says, it reminds me of the old. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. Uh, uh, Great consistency though, uh, all the way through the Old and New Testament. Uh, So the book of Deuteronomy, Bobby, opens with Moses reflecting on the Israelites' exodus from Egypt and their wanderings through the desert. It's it's a heartfelt book. It's a sort of an, a reflective book, uh, Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. And the title of the book in the Hebrew Bible follows the first two words in the Hebrew, uh, Ela HaDebarim, which means these are the words. Mm-hmm. So, devarim, uh sometimes that word is done with a V and with a B. It all depends on a dot
2: mm-hmm. in the
1: Hebrew. And uh, so that's my encouragement to all of you to start taking some Hebrew courses. Right. But Hadavarim refers to these are the words. And uh, yet we don't usually call it Hadavarim or Devarim in English, in the quote unquote Christian Bible. It's always called Deuteronomy. Right. And so the English title comes from the Septuagint translation. That's the Greek translation that was actually completed even before the time of Christ and deuteronomy really means second law it actually is a mistranslation of deuteronomy 17:18 hmm. so this is a kind of a circuitous little story so in deuteronomy 17:18 if i may read it now it shall come about when he sits on the throne of his kingdom this is all about the king he shall write for himself a copy of this law on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. Can you imagine if every elected official, when they began office, the first thing they did is they took out a full copy of the Old and New Testament, and they made a personal copy in their own handwriting for themselves. Wow. It would take a while, but you know that would help them govern, I'll tell you. Absolutely. It shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. So the king's responsibilities were founded on the word of God. That he may learn to fear the Lord as God by carefully observing all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted up above his countrymen, and that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or the left, so that he and his sons may continue long in his kingdom in the midst of Israel. Now, the rationale for using the term Deuteronomy or second law actually comes from the little phrase, he should write for himself a copy of this law. Technically, the word is Mishnahot. And that Hebrew word actually leads us to a very important Jewish book called the Mishnah, the repetition, and loosely speaking, that's probably one of the most important Jewish books in existence. It's part of the Talmud. right? And it is really called the repetition, although it really reflects a lot of different opinions on the meanings of these texts. Mm -hmm. And so the Vulgate, the Latin translation, actually translated it as second law in Latin. And so basically what you have here is a translation from the Greek and the Latin that takes the word repeat and makes it second. And so, Deuteronomy, the second law. Is it a second law? No, not really. It's the words that God spoke uh, to and through Moses for the Jewish people. And it's very important to understand that this was written by Moses himself. Right, right. And I think there's great evidence in the scripture, isn't there, Bobby, that this was written by Moses.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's attributed to Moses. uh, In the book of Deuteronomy, uh, Mosaic authorship is claimed. So, we find it in Deuteronomy 1, verses 5 and 9, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, chapter 27, chapter 29, 31, 33. So, it's multiple times throughout Deuteronomy itself, it mentions Moses as being the author. Now, it's attributed to Moses uh, in other Old Testament books as well. So, in 1 Kings chapter 2, in 1 Kings chapter 8, in Second Kings, chapter 14 and chapter 18, it's also attributed to Moses, and then Yeshua, Jesus himself, points out that Moses wrote Deuteronomy. So, uh, in Matthew 19 verses 7 and 8, where Yeshua, Jesus, is talking about uh, divorce and and marriage, uh, he refers to specific commands that were written in Deuteronomy as being from Moses. So. Like you said, Mitch, uh, it's attributed to Moses. And this is a a very important truth for us to sort of take hold of when we come to study this all important fifth book of the Torah.
1: And of course, the reason why it's so important is because the Bible itself says it was written by Moses. Mm -hmm. And so we affirm that the Bible is without error in its original autographs. That's the definition of the doctrine of inerrancy. Mm -hmm. And As we speak to you each week, friends, I want you to know that you're hearing from two people that believe that the Word of God is perfect. Certainly, it was written through the means of human authors, but the Holy Spirit was able to oversee the entire process to give us an inerrant and perfect Word. And therefore, God wants us to follow and to lead our lives by the principles and practices that are found in the Word. And so, If we discovered somehow, as modern critics say, that Moses did not write the Torah and the Bible itself says he wrote the Torah, then we have the Bible disagreeing with itself, and we can't have that. So we accept the Bible very literally. We understand it as a perfect historical and spiritual document, and I hope that you agree with us. Deuteronomy is essentially A story where Moses includes several of his speeches, three major speeches, actually. And he also speaks about some of the historic events that took place around these messages. So, Moses essentially addresses a new generation of Israelites because he knew he wasn't going into the land. Mm -hmm. And so, he charged them to not repeat the sins of their fathers. Right. Right.
2: And and like we mentioned earlier, Mitch, we will, over the next few weeks, we will spend some time digging into the particular sections uh, throughout the text. And do you think it's fair to say when we talk about Deuteronomy, Mitch, that it's not a second law, but there is some repetition. It is a retelling of what has taken place in the first four books of the Bible.
1: Absolutely. it's It's an exposition. It's an explanation. And God uses these explanations and these reiterations to make these points even more clear. A lot of this, Bobby, has to do with wilderness wanderings. And so Moses really reflects and comments on the impact of the wilderness wanderings on the Jewish people. He sees the wanderings as a time to further refine the Jewish people, to discipline the Jewish people. and to prepare the Jewish people for what was next. And uh, honestly, it probably wouldn't have taken 40 years to travel through the Sinai Desert. Um, But God allowed the Jewish people to wander through the desert because he really had a lot to teach them. Mm -hmm. And the Israelites learned how to wait upon God and how to trust him. Most of us do not enjoy waiting on God, I can tell you that. We want answers to prayer right away. We want what we need right away. Right. But, but
2: that that's key though. Like you said, there, there was a lot of heart work that God was doing in the hearts of the Israelites as they wandered during those 40 years. And I, I remember hearing a preacher once say that it took God one night to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took God 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. <laughs> that's
1: that's great. Yeah. The other thing that undergirds or underlies the entirety of the book of Deuteronomy is the Abrahamic covenant. Mm-hmm. Because The whole rationale for the wanderings in the wilderness is where they were going. So God was leading the Jewish people from Egypt to the promised land, and literally the promised land, because he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he would give the Jewish people a land. In Genesis chapter 12, 15, 17, 18, 22, he reiterated these promises that the Jewish people would become a people. They weren't much of a people before Egypt but they would become a people, that they would have a relationship with God, and that they would have a physical land. And so Deuteronomy is the gateway into the fulfillment of the Abrahamic land promises. And so it's not simply that the Jewish people were in the desert and wandering with no purpose, with no goal. Actually, they were there to learn from God, but they were also on their way to the promised land the land promised to the Jewish people by God. And God always, always fulfills his promises, Bobby. And so even though the Jewish people were detained (laughs) in the wilderness, uh, God never forgot about his promises. He's faithful to the Jewish people then, and actually he's faithful to the Jewish people now. And if he's faithful to the Jewish people, we know that he'll be faithful to his church.
0: Understanding Israel and the Jewish people is pivotal for understanding God's plan of salvation through Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And when you request a copy of our book Celebrating Israel's High Holidays, you'll learn more about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and everyone's favorite Sukkot. Understanding these three fall holidays will give you a good basis for understanding the foundation of our Christian faith. And these three festivals will also help you better reflect on the life, death, and resurrection of the Messiah. The book Celebrating Israel's High Holidays is our free gift to you, just for reaching out and saying hello. So, request it today when you go online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or ask for the book Celebrating Israel's High Holidays when you call us at 888-293-7482. We look forward to hearing from you soon.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear from Stuart Dowerman. He is a singer and songwriter and the author of the song, The Trees of the Field, which is based on a verse in Isaiah 55. And honestly, this is in hymnals all over the world.
1: I'm telling you, it put messianic music on the map, Trees of the Field. will clap their hands. But the most important thing you have to know about Stuart is he is my daughter's father-in-law. So my daughter married his son. And Stuart has been my friend for probably half a century. How's that, Bobby? Wow. Wow. And... He is a a wonderful, wonderful spiritual leader. And so, enjoy his
3: testimony. I want to tell you a story. God created people because he loves stories. So I'll tell you my story. My name is Stuart, and I'm, uh, I'm a New York Jew. I'm proud to say I'm born in Flatbush, which next to being born in Israel is the second best thing. I grew up at the intersection of the Christian and Jewish worlds. Because my father was from a very orthodox family. My mother was uh, the sixth child in a Sicilian family. And his family was just plain thrilled, as you can well imagine. Even though my mother converted to Judaism, she was always considered to be second best. So uh, I grew up in the midst of this dissonance between the Christian and Jewish worlds. And my whole religious mentality at that time was, when we all drop dead, we'll find out who was right. My first career was in music, and I went to a place called Manhattan School of Music. And one day, a friend of mine invited me to a discussion group. She said, "Uh, look, it's about the New Testament. I know you're Jewish, but you you might have some interesting opinions. (laughs) When I cracked open the New Testament, uh, I kept on bumping at the Passover, which was rather surprising. I did not expect to find anything Jewish in this book, but I did. I assumed as, that it was one of those books that I saw nuns reading on the subway, something written in Latin. Uh, it was none of those things. But besides its native Jewishness, I remember reading when Yeshua said that it's, uh, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of a man's heart that defiles him, because out of the heart come fornication, thefts, murder, wickedness, etc., etc. These come from within, and they defile a man. And I remember when I read that, it made so much sense to me that the problem of evil in the world is not out there in the air, in the ozone, in the system. The problem of evil comes from the heart of man. Eventually, in the course of my reading this book, Yeshua said this, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, and that blew me away. And it was extraordinary to me that Yeshua's words directly addressed my own felt need. When you pop open the scriptures, you pop open our Torah, the Tanakh, the Jewish Bible, on every page you find people who are interacting with God in the context of a living relationship. What do I mean when I talk about having a relationship with God and relationship with God through Yeshua? What what is this relationship stuff? And I've got to use a word that many people don't like to use, and that word is experience. That's what I mean by relationship. It's, it's, It's an experiential linkage with the living God So I would ask people, where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Where is the God to whom the patriarchs and the matriarchs talked, who had this this two-way relationship? And are you interested in pursuing the possibility of this two-way relationship being a reality in your life? In my experience, and the experience of many people I know, to our astonishment, when we uh, encountered Yeshua of Nazareth, and began to think of him in a different way than we had been brought up to think of him, we all of us discovered that this uh, two-way relationship uh, came alive. Yeshua said of himself something. He said, I am the door. Now, many people treat Yeshua like he's the exit from Jewish life. I think that's wrong. He is the door, for me, into a more passionate engagement with Jewish life. and. Also, a total passionate engagement with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don't imagine that people like me, who come to believe in Yeshua, that somebody gave us some kind of a fancy-dancy presentation and explanation, and we signed on the dotted line because we were gullible and we were easy to persuade. That's not the way it goes. What's missing from that scenario is the element of encounter. Moses had his burning bush. Abraham had God saying, Lech lecha, leave, leave the land of your birth and go to the land I will show you. These great patriarchs and matriarchs of Israel had experiences with God, sometimes spaced apart by many years, but they kept on following God because they could not deny their experience. Each of us, in the context of our own lives, has encountered God in a way that we didn't encounter Him before, in a way that we cannot ignore without denying ourselves. I'm talking about transformational experiences that move our lives forward. I'm not telling you to make my experience your experience. I'm telling you that God will give you experiences of himself that are sufficient for your belief. I I can't really explain it to you in a way that your experience can, but if you can come to the point where you can say, what if it is true? Then just maybe you will taste and see. But when the most remarkable person who ever lived says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, then you gotta take a second look. I did, and I'm finding that that life is more abundant. It's life with a capital L. And uh, it's very different from life without him. Trust me, better yet, Trust Him, don't trust me. Taste and see.
0: At Chosen People Ministries, we want Jewish people around the globe to hear the gospel. And by joining our Watchmen for Jerusalem program, you can help us reach this goal. Your generous giving will enable us to support our staff in the United States, Israel, and around the world as they witness to Jewish people every single day. Your support will also fund our Messianic Jewish centers and congregations in busy Jewish communities such as Tel Aviv, Rio de Janeiro, and right here in New York City. And then finally, your gifts will allow us to continue our digital evangelism efforts through social media and our online discipleship program. Learn more today or sign up online when you go to chosenpeople.com slash radio. That's Chosenpeople.com radio or ask to join our Watchmen for Jerusalem program when you call 888 293 7482. That's 888 2 Yeshua YESHUA. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon.
2: You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, then let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. We've got a variety of resources available, and we even have a free gift for you just for reaching out.
1: We certainly do, Bobby. The fall feasts, the fall festivals of Israel found in Leviticus 23 are right around the corner. And if you want to know more about how you can celebrate Israel's high holidays— and learn the lessons that are going to be so valuable for you and your family, then just request the booklet. Learn more about the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and I would imagine everybody's favorite, the joyful festival of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. We'll send it to you free of charge when you connect with us at chosenpeople.com radio.
2: Or you can call us at 888-293-7482. And please be sure to ask for your free booklet titled, Celebrating Israel's High Holidays. And right now, let's wrap up today's program with the ironic Benediction. <speaking in Hebrew>
0: Have the things you've heard on this program piqued your curiosity about the Jewish roots of Christianity? What about the Messianic Jewish faith? Maybe you're curious to learn how the Jewish holidays point to the fulfillment of Jesus? Well then, be sure to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, Inside Israel. You'll receive weekly updates about our ministry, including videos, links to our podcast, a summary of the latest news coming out of Israel, discounts in our online store, and so much more. Sign up today when you go online to chosenpeople.com slash radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio.